Late breaking, we've inserted a new topic into our lineup today. Leading in crisis is the topic. Yep, and that's because we're in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown. We're about a week and a half into working from home and not having kids in schools. And not having answers, and things are coming by the day and changing by the day, and lots of people are in crisis, and lots of businesses are having to make decisions. So we decided we wanted to talk about it. It's really unprecedented times that we're in right now. Um, And I think that uh, the fear that is a, is associated with this virus is um, is really compounding quickly, and certainly the economic crisis that um, we're we're watching unfold um, is is unsettling as well. So um, we'll get into that, but first, our drink actually is a piece of advice. We don't have a fancy drink; we just both grabbed our nearest favorite booze and call it a day. Yep. For for example. I poured some Liberator gin into my cup, and that's just what I'm doing. That's right. So grab your favorite bottle of whatever is close by, and let's chat. And let's get through it together. Yeah. Yeah, so a dear friend of ours, Liz Weston, who was on the um, show previously, did a very good job of outlining her thinking. She leads a child care center. And the line that she had that struck me was saying that she made the least worst decision. Yep. And I think a lot of people right now are in the category of having to make the least worst decision without a plan, without context, and without knowing the future. Even those folks who um, who have crisis plans or emergency plans, this would never have been forecasted. No, no. And it's it's weird and it's twofold because, as you alluded to earlier, there are a lot of questions about the virus and how we should react to the health concern. Mm -hmm. And I'll go on record by saying, listen to what people are telling you. You are not immune. If you're young, you're a vector. Look it up. Don't not take this seriously. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and we're doing it for each other, not just to protect, you know, I'm working from home, not just to protect, um, you know, my family, but I'm working from home to protect anybody that I would come into contact with in public, because we are so in this together. We have to have that mindset. We are. And being safer than you need to be hurts nobody. Nobody ever regrets being safe. (laughs) (laughs) We we think. We think. So that's really all we'll say about the health concern, because we are not health professionals, other than we are going to endorse all of the health professionals that are telling us what to do and saying, please take their advice. But what we want to talk about as leaders is, uh, what do we do now? Yeah. So um, I think especially as we frame this as a, as a small business conversation, although it's impacting everybody, um, large and small, you know, we are in an emergency state. We, um, I can tell you that I had more than a month and a half worth of business taken away and canceled in a morning. Which is a lot, and that's terrifying. It shut down my pipeline, Yep, which is terrifying. For me, framing this about small business is because, for the most part, there are always exceptions. The big industrial spaces, the enterprise-level places, simply have more cushion than small businesses do, just by nature. They have more flexibility. And small business, however, comes in so many forms and flavors, right? You're talking everything from the solopreneur to the restaurateur who has 20 employees, to a small creative business like mine or Karen's that has under 10 employees, 
people who have salaried positions, people who have hourly positions. There's no one size fits all. And there's absolutely no one that's not touched right. by what we're going through. Right. So that means everyone is having to make these decisions about, do we stay open? Do we close? What does my pipeline look like? And and because we don't know where the end is. How do you plan for that? How do you plan for that? Right? You might know what your pipeline looks like for the next month, but we don't know what six months from now is going to look like. We don't know if, well, people are saying this is not a recession. It is an economic crisis. Well, I've not had... I have not been in business during an economic crisis before. I don't know how that's going to feel a year from now, right? Yeah. So we we all have lots of unknowns. And so I guess my question is, how do you plan when you can't plan? I think you, you, you always have to know your numbers, right? You know what your break-even is. You know, you know what things look like in good times. You know what you need to bill for every full-time employee to be a healthy business. So when you know those numbers, you you have a, a good grasp on your ratios, then you have to make hard decisions. And besides having, you know, enough cushion in your bank so that you could, you know, go through the regular dips and, you know, rolls that business goes through, this is just not, not something you can plan for. I think, though, you can be a good leader and still not have answers. And I think that comes down to communication and transparency. Um, I think that to the best of your ability, making sure that your team trusts you and trusts what your intentions are for the decision-making that you have to do. And like you said, making the least worst decision because really your choices None of them are ones that you would choose. Right. None of the choices are anything that someone would put on their strategic plan. No. Right? And they're nothing that we would grow for. And they're nothing that that you would hope for. So I think our jobs as the boss, your job is to be as honest as you possibly can, but not instill fear. Right. Right? Be honest and let people know you're working very hard to come up with a plan you are making the best possible decision based on what you know, and that could change tomorrow. Who can say, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to sort of lead from a position of hope. Yeah. Is that possible? I do. I think the responses that we're seeing in, in the form of economic support, whether that's um, from the unemployment insurance agency or from the Small Business Administration, you know, we have a very strong and decisive leader as a governor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm who's taking it seriously, I, I think that there's hope that people are trying really hard to do the right thing. Nobody wants to be crushed under this, right? Right. So as leaders, you and I are taking it day by day as information becomes available, trying to make the most wise choices we can so that uh, we come out on the other end of this as with as little bruising as possible. Right. But we're taking a hit. So yeah. you're going to bruise. Everybody's going to bruise. And people are going to bruise in different ways. The thing that I've, has really helped me is Karen and I have shared quite a bit of information. Oh, I found this. Hey, here's a webinar. Oh, read this blog post. So that we, because number one, 
I don't have the sheer amount of time to go find all the information I need. Right. And so if you can rely on your team of people who are in a like position to <laughs> share information, that's, you know, wonderful. Yeah. And to run scenarios and what do we do about this? And I have a client who wants that or this client dried up. What is my plan? Sometimes you just need someone to talk it out with. Yeah. So find that person if you don't have them. If you need them, call us. Being a leader of a small business can feel, during a crisis, can feel incredibly isolating. I mean, quite literally, working from home and being away from people, but but also just isolating because you're the holder of the answers, even when ambiguity is really vast. Yeah, the, the leadership position can be quite difficult because you can't put the burden on your employees to carry all of that for you right. or with you. That's not what they signed up for. If they wanted to carry all the burdens of leadership, they would go be a leader somewhere, right? Yeah, they'd, they'd own their own businesses. Yeah. So to, so to a certain extent, I think as a leader, it does a little bit of a disservice to overshare your concerns or your stresses. But on the flip side, you have to share enough that people understand that you are planning and you've got it. So I find finding that space, I think, is really different for every person. Yeah, I think one of the things that we've compared it to is, you know, my husband and I in the house have an agreement that while we've been very clear about protecting ourselves from germs and extra vigilant with kids picking their nose and touching their faces and washing hands, all those things, we have made an agreement that we would not talk about economic scary things in front of the kids, right? Because no no kid can really, they don't have the worldview to, to compartmentalize it and to have context. And you don't want them laying in bed at night scared. Right. So that so I think it's the same for work. You know, I think we have conversations about what we believe our plan is until we roll out a plan, but it not so much that it then makes them lose sleep at night. Right. And I think part of having the plan is splitting it up. Right now we're in triage moment, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to last. We collectively, our culture, we're doing everything on a day-by-day plan to make the best possible decision based on today's information. But then you have to take a moment to think about the midterm. Okay, if this goes on for two months, what will my situation look like? If this goes on for four months, what will my situation look like? We, leaders, bosses, business owners, whomever, need to be thinking out those scenarios. And then there's the long term, right? And we don't know enough yet for it to change our long-term plans. I'm going to go with the theory that our culture isn't going to be permanently shifted and eventually everything will settle back down and we will be back on our long-term plan, right? Yeah. And that makes me feel great. So keeping that in mind feels pretty good. You know that when you get to that, you will make changes in your behaviors so that next time you can weather it differently if you need to weather it differently. Yeah. The midterm, though, we don't know how long that's going to be. Yeah. And that's filled with stress, sure. And mostly, I think for Karen and I, we're people who like control and we like to have a plan. So maybe there are people out there who don't mind the lack of clarity. Maybe they're good. If if you're one of those people, call us and share your wisdom. Give us your story. I'm really curious, and maybe we can start a conversation on some of our channels about what our business owners doing. What is your number one concern today? What would your number one concern be in a month? And for me, making those, answering those questions is quite calming, even if the answer is bad, right? Yeah. At least having an answer 
settles you in a way that, that allows you to proceed logically. Yeah, absolutely. This is a time that our children will forever remember. I think this is going to change us as a society. How could it not? Right. I agree. Um, I think with projections of deaths and illness um, in our communities, um, financial concerns among businesses, hopefully the banks will step up and do some mortgage forgiveness so that people who are having financial crises stay in their homes. It's scary to watch unfold, um, but I'm so grateful for the people who are on the front lines thinking about what their next moves need to be on an hour-by-hour basis, whether that's um, leader, our government leaders or healthcare workers. Yeah, and I think the people who are working to solve this, the people who are in charge and having to make the hardest decisions and who don't have the luxury of choosing to work from home or lighten their load in any way, like, thank goodness for these folks, right? It really makes you rethink your your whole position and in this world and how how our society works. It's worth thinking about the impacts there of the people who can't not work the way they did before or are working without the resources that they really truly need, right? Yeah. This is just about more than working from home and having a cute picture of your dog in the middle of the day. If that is your world, great and good for you. But a lot of people have a very different experience of what's happening right now. And even if your experience seems attainable and fairly easy, it will be affected by other people's experiences, which is why I think your point that this will probably change our culture is a really good piece of news. I, I hate to say good news, but the one thing this is doing is really exposing where, where things are broken or where something needs to change. And I hope we can take this opportunity to fix those things so next time we're all stronger. Yeah. The one thing I will say, going back to talking about the least worst decision, really, truly, every every business owner, every employee, every person in our culture has to is having a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every business has a slightly different set of circumstances. Maybe they've got plenty of business, but they can't get it moved around. Maybe their employees can't come to work and things are slowing down. Everybody's got a unique experience. Maybe and, maybe your book of business is sitting on their cash and not willing to pay you. Right. And so there's just all these variables, and I find that very interesting to think about. So for me, as I'm trying to strategize what we should do at Redhead and how we can help our clients get through this, help other clients who really are struggling, keep our boat on an even keel, keep our families functioning. It does help me to think about all the other types of businesses and what their concerns would be as well Mm -hmm. and sort of run those numbers and those projections in my head. You know, and it's tough because we, knowing other business owners, I know people who are already putting expenses on credit cards and people who don't have a pipeline or have a distribution problem. We've all got some strange problem to deal with. So thinking through the problem solving that's happening right now to make all this happen is pretty impressive. Yeah. If terrifying. Both of those things. (laughs) So what is the thing you'll do tomorrow to make tomorrow sustainable? Well, I've done this every day. Um, over the last, you know, bit of time. And it's maintaining good communication with clients, 
I think everybody's done a really good job so far, at least with the virtual meetings that I've attended. Everybody's giving everybody a lot of grace around dog barks and kid sounds because that's just what we're doing, right, in the background. And um, giving myself the space to spend time with my family and be with my kids so that they don't suffer a trauma in the middle of all this because mom only needs to work, you know, being with them and, 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 you know, as my husband told me, you know, how many times have you ever just wished you had more time with your kids? And it's not under the best circumstances, but they don't need to know that. They don't need to truly understand the, the genesis of the issue. Yeah. The thing that I've got on my to-do tomorrow list and what I've been doing um, frequently is checking in with our older generation, the people who we would usually see face-to-face quite frequently, and we can't. Mm -hmm. I think that's been the hardest thing for us, being cut off from people who are at high risk. I've got kids. We're probably a Petri dish, right? We're doing extra check-ins and extra keeping tabs. And that feels kind of nice because the communication has gone up. You're mm-hmm. not just relying on your habits. Yeah. Uh, t- to really take the moment to check in, I think, is helping. Taking moments to check in with staff. How are you feeling? What do you think? Is there anything you need um, that's helping? Yeah. And like you said, checking in with clients to see what they need. We have a couple of clients who are really in a difficult spot because they either need to do some direct services and they can't let the ball drop or everything that makes their wheels turn has stopped somehow. Yeah. So trying to figure out how we can offer some support for them. Yeah. I think everybody's just got to come together at this time. It's true. We're all in it. And you probably have to clean your house way more often because your kids are in it making it a mess. Yeah. I will say my office has never been cleaner. <laughs> my doorknobs have never been cleaner. <laughs> Every surface that you touch in our house is sparkling. So there's, you know, that's an upside, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, listeners, we hope you're getting through this really well. We hope that you are not paralyzed with stress or fear. Um, And if you are, that you're faking it so well that nobody knows. Or or leaning on the people in your life who you trust that will have their ear for, for you. And we hope that we all come out of this stronger, smarter, more resilient, more compassionate. And that will be a silver lining, I suppose, if we get there. That's right. You know, our next episode, we're going to shift the tone quite a bit. We're going to be talking about bad manners at work. And and especially since we've had so much, uh, you know, work at a distance. You know, Jen, the person on your conference call who doesn't mute when they're <laughs> multitasking? Yeah, we're all experiencing that right now. Yeah. Or the coworker who never cleans up, cleans up after themselves. Correct. Well, next time we're going to talk through all of that, which is also sort of timely. So in increasingly casual business environments, it's easy to let your manners get casual too. But is your behavior getting in the way of your success? Bad manners is what we're talking about next time. See you then. Bye-bye.